0818-715-815. Hello, good afternoon, and you're very welcome to Liveline. 51551 is our text number. Uh, Mr. Paul Simon. Paul, uh, good, mo- good afternoon to you from Dublin. Good morning where you are. Paul, it's a privilege and an honour to talk to you. Unfortunately, it's under the shadow of the untimely passing of your friend, Shane McGowan. How would you remember Shane, Paul? Well, Shane and I have not known each other for that long, maybe 10 or 12 years. Okay. We met... Uh, we met in Dublin. <laughs> I went to vi- I went to visit him. Uh, yeah, I went to visit him and Victoria uh, after a, a concert that I was doing there. Right. And we spent um, three or four hours. Wow. Uh, in co- in conversation. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, it was a it was a very interesting conversation, okay. as you can imagine. As yeah. you can imagine, yeah. having ha- having heard it, having heard and probably had conversations with him yourself. Yeah. So that's that's wh- that's when we met, and I, I could talk more about it if you want at some point. But that's our, that was our first meeting. Yeah. And then uh, when, when I would p- play in Dublin, he'd come to the concerts, and we'd have a mm-hmm. you know a, a hello and. Uh, I think I, I think I introduced him to uh, to my children the last yeah. time that we, last time I played last time I played there, and then uh, uh, Vic was keeping me posted on uh, yeah. how he was doing. Yeah. And in fact, she just wrote to wrote to me a few days ago to say he yeah. was he was better and he was coming home and yeah. so. And then I know, Paul, in the last newspaper interview you did here in July, the first people you mentioned in the interview was, please, can I send my regards to Shane and Victoria? Did Paul, did you seek, when you were in Dublin, you'd heard of Shane, um, did you seek him out and say, I'd like to meet you? Yes. Okay, why? Why? uh, Well... He he was an acquaintance okay. of uh, of somebody uh, that I knew, and I said, "Oh, uh, first I said, oh, uh, invite him to the concert, uh-huh. you know." And uh, then uh, uh, and then they said, "Oh, he came to the concert," and I said, "Well, I'd love I'd love to pay him a visit. Ask ask him if he uh, ask him if he's up for a visit." Yeah, and. And uh, yeah, they said come around, come around tomorrow, and and uh, that's what, that's what I did. And we were there. We were listening to. Uh, oh, uh, it's it started off. Uh, it was so interesting to me, anyway. Because well, it was interesting to me because uh, uh, I already liked what I heard of him and. And I'd seen several interviews that he did, so I was I was prepared for uh, you know how, how he spoke, the rhythm of how he spoke, and, uh, and how he looked, and was sort of prepared. Anyway, uh, he was 
he was in in not bad health yeah. when I saw him, uh, but he was he was mostly seated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was he, he he was seated, but he was seated and he was uh, he was you know he was smoking and having a drink at the same time and yeah. uh, and the tel- the telly was on and right. no sound. Okay, uh, and uh, the the conversation. Uh, or the, the several conversations, they might have taken a little while to get up to speed, because mm-hmm. there can be uh, there can be, there can be long pauses. Yeah, uh, with Shane, but uh, but I didn't find that uncomfortable anyway. I just I just sort of waited to see mm-hmm. what what the rhythm of our conversation was going to be. And then I just, I just followed it. I mean, there wasn't any point in imposing a rhythm onto him because that wasn't, you know, he was. Yeah. It sounds like, it sounds. He was more comfortable. Yeah. Doing it the way he, doing it the way he liked. And I think he probably, I'm not even sure to what degree he knew he knew my music. Well, yeah, he did because uh, later he talked about it. But, but, uh, um, Paul, but anyway, I mean, the, the funny thing would be, we would be talking, and I'd ask a question, you know, about something he said or his opinion about something, mm-hmm. and he could sit there like for a minute, yeah. you know, just kind of staring into space, you know, and um, and then he would answer in the most lucid way and often quite insightful yeah. or funny. Yeah. So uh, once I got once I got used to that, uh, then the exchange of information was always interesting, you know. And he played some he played some really interesting music for me. He played. I remember he played uh, oh, some piece, but I can't remember the piece, but it was a Dizzy Gillespie piece. Yeah. And then he played uh, some uh, Slam Stewart, you know, the bass player, the jazz mm-hmm. bass player, Slam Stewart. He played some of that for me, and he was playing it on this old, like, what we used to call Victrolas. I don't know what oh, you call yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Rec- record know, players, Paul. Yeah. An old, Yes, this an old record player. Yeah, exactly. He was <laughs> playing these pieces on an old record player, and I, w- I said, "Is this your? Is this your? Uh, is this how you listen to music?" Mm-hmm. And he said, "He said, yeah." And I, I said, "Oh, I, I got to get you some some speakers." Okay. So, uh, so the next day, I you know, I went out and got him a, some Bose speakers, you know, that he could yeah. attach to his to his computer. Yeah. So they, you know, they could listen to more. And then, uh, and then they're so they're so sweet. And uh, and Vic was there for a little while to see is everything going to be all right. And then, what she said, okay, I'll leave you two alone. And then, and then he wrote me. Uh, they both wrote me a letter. Yeah. And it was so sweet. And I framed it. Lovely. I can read it to you. Please. I can read it to you. Please he do, wrote, Paul. Yeah. He wrote, 
He wrote, thanks, Paul, for the friendly visit. It was great. And thanks for the lovely speaker. It has made a great difference to our listening pleasure. Hope to see you again soon. Your loving friend, Shane. And then and Vic wrote, Dear Paul, wow, we really love the speakers, and it was amazing to have the pleasure of your company. Yeah. We tell, we'll tell all our friends, come again soon, Vic. So that was uh, that was the first time that that I saw him, uh, and, and from there, uh, the, from there, you know, we were friends, and that we, we we didn't often see each other, of course. At one point, we were when he was going back into the studio for a bit. We yeah. were going to do a duet, wow. and then he fell. Yeah. He fell getting out of the, getting out of the car, and that project was. Okay. Uh, I guess it went. It, it and, went away. I don't think he ever came back to finish it. Yeah. And every well, uh, one Paul. Um, I'm, I'm sure Shane, uh, God rest him, uh, and Victoria. And indeed, anyone else listening for Paul Simon to say, I don't know whether Shane uh, might have been familiar with my music. Is I know you're modest, uh, but that that is given that. Was it well, Tom and Jerry in nineteen fifty six, fifty seven, fifty eight? Was it hello, little, hello, little schoolgirl? Um, that was your first hit, so to speak, and that was um, that was the year that Shane was born. So you're the soundtrack of his life, and a lot of people. I was I was born the same year. The soundtrack of uh, of my life as well. And you you think on the day that when you called out to meet Shane and Victoria has written about the shock they got when they got a phone call from the great Mick Devine saying Paul wants to uh, Paul Simon wants yeah, to it was, Mick. it was Mick, Mick. yeah it was Mick oh, yeah. I didn't know if, I, I didn't know if you knew Mick Mick, oh, Mick, was, Mick, is, Mick was a neighbour of mine where we grew up in Dublin uh, Paul Dublin is a small well, Dublin's, we, Dublin's we, a small city so you connected, you connected, well, you connected, what, you connected with uh, Shane almost immediately. It seems, it seems there was a, a serenity and a tranquility there. Yes, yeah, there was. You know, we we talked a little bit uh, about uh, Seamus, uh, as, uh, Seamus Heaney, uh, Paul yeah. Muldoon, and yeah. yeah, Paul Muldoon and I had had uh, we'd taken a. Um, so uh, I'm not sure if it was one of Shaman's, I think it was one of Shaman's poems, but I've been two, and crafted a, a little bit of a song mm-hmm. and, uh, out of it, and uh, and I sang it at the, the memorial yeah, for Seamus. I was there, yeah. And uh, Shane, you were there, uh-huh. yeah. and Shane said, yes, he was at the, he was at the funeral. Yeah. Uh, so we talked a bit about Seamus and Marie, and uh, uh, I don't remember this and that. Mostly, mostly music, uh, and uh, and of course I remember his distinct laugh. You know, yeah. before before he got his te- before he got his teeth. Yes, you know. <laughs> Okay. That laugh. Yeah, that's good. It isn't just the laugh which was so distinctive, yeah. but it's how often that yeah. laugh occurred. Yeah. 
you know, he, he liked he liked to laugh. He, he, he thought things were funny, and uh, and I like to and I like to kid around too. And once you once you get up to a level where you can, you know, feel free enough to tease each other, you know, then. Uh, then things are fine. Like I, like mm. the, the last time I saw him was uh, was the last the last concert I yeah. did. Um, was uh, actually was almost the last concert that I did. I think I maybe did three or four other concerts after the one in Dublin. The one in the RDS he, and two in yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, so I went to see him, and he was uh, he was kind of all dressed up. Okay. And he was sitting in his sitting in his wheelchair, and he was. Uh, and I said, "Hey, Shane, hey!" And he said, "Hey, you got older." I said, <laughs> "Well, uh, did you did you think it was going to go the other way? <laughs> you know." So, uh, and then I said, "He was drinking a he was drinking a glass of glass of glass of wine." I said, "I thought you were uh, I thought I thought you were detoxing." He said, "I am." He said, "But not not from wine." You know? <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. What, yeah. One thing that struck me yesterday, Paul, we the, the, as you could imagine, the the news of Shane's passing is a very, very, very big event, not just here in Ireland, but in the UK and indeed beyond. And your 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 testament today is is evidence of that. Um, but yesterday, I was struck. A, a, Different the lyrics, Shane's lyrics, which are very, very powerful, as you know. Um, they it, and it's a phrase you've used that it, the listener finishes the song, and um, for Shane writing about emigration, the Irish experience, people were saying, "I've never." lived abroad. I've never had to live abroad. And that was the case for a lot of Irish people. As you know, there was no choice. But Shane's lyrics and Shane's songs managed to take me to that place that he had this incredible yeah. ability of, of connecting. Yeah, he, uh, you know, I, I mean, I guess, I guess people always say, I wish I knew him longer and better mm. uh, to to know more of. Well, I, I just you know wish we never we never talked at length about songwriting, for okay. example. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he seemed to be. I mean, and I think this is why I was attracted. To to uh, to his to his music and his performance, he had he was charismatic in a way that was sort of reminded me of uh, reading uh, Borstal Boy. You know, he seemed it was my my uh, American version or vision of what Ireland was. Yeah. A, of course, at a certain time, but I mean, Borstal Boy is before Shane is born, I think. Well, maybe maybe Borstal Boy comes out in the fifties. Yeah, the late, the late, the late fifties, early sixties, and indeed. Um, oh, okay. So, yeah. so, so he was a he was a rabbit. No, I've I've no doubt that Shane read that, or and knew that, and maybe knew me, maybe even knew uh, Dominic's Dominic being song, oh, yeah. you know. Or the, 
the Patriot game, you oh, know, wow, yeah. which was, which we, uh, I, I learned when I was, when I was living in London in 63 and 64, that's when I first heard that. That's incredible. Six, six. In fact, when I was, when I was there, I saw, uh, Ewan McCall at his club. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it was Ewan's daughter, who I didn't know, and I didn't know Ewan either. I was just, a, just, a, I was just a kid. He and he was a very, he was sort of an intimidate, intimidating figure, Ewan McCall and Peggy Seeger. But, but, uh, you know, it's Shane's. I don't know whether whether you would agree that mm-hmm. it's, maybe it's his most famous. Uh, his most famous recording is with Kirsty McCall. Oh yeah, oh yes. So uh, you uh, know, we were we were sort of in some strange way connected up even mm-hmm. before we met. Yeah, which is not unusual in my life. I find <laughs> that <laughs> there are people who are, I see. I seem as if. I meant to meet them. Uh, so anyway, that's how I felt when I, when I met him, and that's why I felt comfortable enough to be. I mean, first of all, for my own life, I had enough experience with uh, with being, uh, you know, being being high on something or other to, to to be able to fall into the rhythm of of what was yeah. of you know what what the other mind was thinking. Uh, and what was what was affecting it? So that didn't. That was of no. That was no problem. And uh, and once we got to music, and he showed music. Uh, uh, you know, then we then it, then it was then it was just fun because I mean, if you're a musician and you meet another musician, I mean, one of the moments that you sort of half dread, half look forward to, is hearing what. What music they like, or what music they made, okay. you know. So what, when somebody plays what they're listening to, and you like it, it's a big relief, you know. Yeah. You don't have to say, "Oh, oh, yeah, that's, that's cool," you know, when you don't like it. Uh, so his taste in music was—I mean, the first stuff, stuff that he played was was all jazz, yeah. and. Uh, um, so I knew his taste was went pretty far, and then I think I had an, an album that was just about to come out, or maybe it just come out, and because uh, I had, uh, yeah, I, I played, um, I played him a couple of tracks from it, yeah, you know, and uh, yeah, he he laughed, he was joking with me, <laughs> and he said. That, he said, "I don't." I mean, it's a kind of terrible thing to, to to say, but he said uh, he was laughing, and he said, "You're the you're the better singer." You know, I said, "Really?" He said, "Yeah." And they all say, "All say he's the but you're the better singer." You know, so it was sweet. Our, our exchange, our exchange was uh, was sweet. And then at a certain point, it was like the, the sun had shifted, and the, and the living room was kind of dark and yeah. chilly. And I said, "Let's 
let's let's go to the kitchen where the sunlight and we'll have a cup of tea and and continue continue the afternoon and we did and then Victoria mm-hmm. came home and she said oh you're still here that's great and uh, so she joined us and altogether as you can tell from from my memory it was a very striking day in my yeah. life uh, when I when I met him and um, yeah so it's a uh, you know, I mean, it's a terrible, it's a terrible loss when when you lose anybody mm-hmm. who, who whose work you value and whose whose art you you respect, especially if you have if you know them at all. Mm-hmm. But I, I really, given given the way he led his life, had it not been for Victoria, I don't think he would have yeah. been there for that afternoon to. To you know, to have the conversation. It's Victoria who's yeah. She's she's an angel. And he has said, Paul. Paul, he said that. He he said that. Um, um, uh, not too long ago. Only for Victoria, I would not be here. And I don't know whether Paul, you came across, or have been able to, um, with the time difference, to read or to hear. Sorry, to read Victoria's beautiful statement, announcing the. I thought, yeah. uh, Well, I heard about. Yeah, no, I, right after I got the uh, message from from you guys, mm. I wrote to Victoria wow. and said, you know, I just, just got this message, this terrible message. Uh, is this true? Mm-hmm. You know? Because mm-hmm. I was thinking, you know, I hope somebody's not playing some macabre yeah. kind of joke and getting me to call up, you know? Not at all. Yeah. Uh, so uh and he was, so we had uh, we texted a we texted a brief conversation and I saw her statement it was lovely he's lovely he, she said he's he's didn't she say she he's gone to be with Jesus and Mary yeah. and, and his and his mom yeah I was very struck in by uh, I was I was looking at some of his interviews last night yeah and uh do you know the one where his parents are in the audience. Yeah, Therese and, and Morris, yeah. Yeah. Um, they were very interesting. You know, I mean, to see... Really, I mean, you get you learn an awful lot when you see the fam- mm-hmm. what the family is. So... Uh, he comes from... He comes from artists. Yeah. He's... That's, that's what his background is. And and what he writes seems to be not exactly what he lived, but I'm not sure about that. It seemed to me that they lived that they didn't live in poverty. Maybe even they were living a I don't know a middle class. Yeah, lower middle class. Yeah, and those a lower yeah. lower middle class, but. But not not in not in need, uh, except in need to get to uh, to get back uh, to Ire- to Ireland. So the the character that that he often embodies in his songs is is something of an imagination of, of his of a character that he 
that he that he must have embraced through yeah. music and through literature. Yeah, well, his mother, as you know, was an accomplished musician. His father, Morris, still, still with us, thankfully. He was very well read in literature. We Yesterday, Ulysses was mentioned. And um, and Shane had a voracious appetite for books. And indeed, one of the photographs we were talking about yesterday, uh, the photograph had Shane with his hand in his home, obviously, with his hand resting on uh, a, a major tome of Irish history. So he was a, he was a voracious, a voracious reader and um, was apparently by the age of 11, Paul, Shane was reading uh, Dostoevsky, The Devil's The Grapes of Wrath. This is from another interview and the portrait of an artist of a young, as a young man by James Joyce. So he was... He was living in other worlds, yeah. as, as you know, music and indeed uh, poetry and yeah. novels can bring us into a, another world. And that is the, a world we, we may have never experienced, but the, the skill of a beautiful, beautiful song um, is being able to capture us. And as you say, let the listener finish the song, let the listener on the hearing uh, fin- finish the song um, Paul uh, uh, yeah. we, we have to take a commercial break I really would love if I don't want to impress on you now but I really would I don't know whether you have a cup of coffee or whatever in front of you um, if you can stay for a few more minutes we really would appreciate it sure of okay. course thanks Paul that's Paul Simon back after this okay. break thanks Paul talk to Joe on 0818 715 815 Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. The untimely passing yesterday of Shane McGowan, he would be he would have been 66, 25 days from now on Christmas Day and uh, has evoked, as you can see from the front page of every single Irish newspaper, it dominates if, if there's a lot of the Irish newspapers. There's no other story on the front page. It's on uh, the front page of English newspapers as well, and indeed uh, other platforms such as radio and television. And his passing has evoked uh, an enormous outpouring of um Grief and also appreciation of Shane's genius, and also it must be said, uh, some people's regret that that there wasn't more in terms of his his output, given given his uh, stated um, interest in in alcohol and other things as well. But I think people are really appreciating the genius of Shane McGowan, and one of those people is. And uh, I hope he's not listening for the next few seconds. One of them, one of those people is the genius that is uh, Paul Simon. And Paul Simon, as you know, as we all know in Ireland, because for some reason it's down to his innate talent and skill and connection. Paul Simon has a special affection here. I think I can say, like so many, I've been at every single uh, event he's been at here, be it in the National Concert Hall when he flew over specially to be with Mary Heaney and, and remember Seamus. I think that was 214, the RDS about five years ago, Vicar Street about a, a year previously, the Three Arena, which was a an incredible concert where I brought my uh, children and it was just mesmeric, mesmeric, mesmeric. Going b- And then going back, uh, Paul, I presume you remember going back to... The RDS again, I think, in at the beginning of the 21st century, 202 or 204, where yourself and Artie were performing. And indeed, that's the place where you had performed 22 years previously. You have, an, you have a very strong connection um, with Ireland, Paul. Yes, 
uh, I feel that way, and uh, and uh, you know I had the connection before I came, just by uh, just because my ear likes the sounds, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and I always enjoy. I, I, I'm sorry I never lived. Sorry I never lived there. Okay. But I loved I loved visiting, and uh, I had I had you know quite a few uh, of friends who were artists, uh, and uh, still I'm still close with Paul Muldoon. Yeah, the poet. Yeah. And uh, if I uh, if I had uh, uh, if I had the opportunity to, uh, and I was in the same town, I'd I'd reach out to Martin Hayes and see if we yeah. could. Although that, I don't know how, how much I can play, how much I can play to how much I can play anymore because of my hearing. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I always like play. I always like playing with uh, with Martin when we ha- when we have the chance. And Seamus and Marie, I knew through Derek Walcott. Ah, oh, the poet. Uh, yes, yes. Yeah, and. Um, uh, let's see who else. Uh, and just to remind people, you knew Derek Walcott, the Nobel uh, uh, literature winner, as with Seamus. You knew Derek. This is my understanding, Paul, through that, that wonderful piece. I loved it, The Cape Man, which was a, a musical that, and uh, that's right. a New York story. Derek uh, and yourself collaborated on the lyrics. Derek then introduced you to Seamus Heaney, and again, you hit it off. Incredible connections. I think every, I, I think everybody hit it off with Seamus Heaney. He was yeah. so so, uh, so full of life and uh, and humor. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was a it was a treat to to, to have a dinner with with Seamus. Um, um, I really feel privileged that I that I that I met him and knew him. Yeah. And and. Paul, when when you heard the news yesterday, and it was through this station that you heard the news about Shane's passing, well, I, I know you're like so many. The uh, given that Shane had been released from hospital on Sunday, and people thought, please God, he's on the, he's he stabilised at least. Uh, when when you heard the news and you had time to reflect on his passing, um. Because I'm very, I'm very conscious of your most recent piece, which is Seven Seven Psalms, and I encourage people if you are going to listen to it, please sit down and get rid of your devices and your mobile phone and your iPads and your nonsense, and try and sit down and listen to Seven Psalms by Paul Simon in one, in one piece, because because it's um it's a it's it's a it's a beautiful beautiful piece, but a lot of the, a lot of the, the words and I could randomly pick out some of the lyrics Paul but a lot of the lyrics I found very resonant of uh, people's feelings yesterday when they when they heard of uh, Shane's untimely passing like I had the one lovely well there's many many lovely lyrics in Paul Simon's work but there's uh, a, a, a verse in the Lord uh, which Lord uh, which is in the, the opening piece on Seven Psalms and you say tears and flowers dry over time Memory leaves us melody and rhyme. And I think so many people said that about Shane yesterday, that his music uh, connected with them in, in, so, in so many ways. But when you were writing, if I can ask, and I'm, I'm trying to link it to, to what you were thinking yesterday as you sat down with a cup of tea afterwards or whatever, um, 
Seven Psalms is about life, but it but it is about what we leave in life as well. Memory leaves us melody and rhyme. Um, Shane was only sixty six. Did you did you did you think about the fact that he was such a young age that it, relatively today sixty six is a young age in his passing, and that, that all that's left now is melody and rhyme and memory, um, which is which is which is a terrible sadness. Well, um, I don't know that I related, you know, I mostly related to the fact that in the last year, there's just been quite a few of my friends who, who have passed away. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not, uh, in fact, yesterday, another one of my friends died as well, uh, I'm sorry to a hear. photographer who I was who I who I was friendly with. So it's it's that time of life. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shane was you know at sixty six. Yeah, had he you know had he you know taken a minimal amount of care, it's, he may very well have you know lived another ten or ten or fifteen years. But uh, it was part of his. his he was that kind of artist yeah. that um, that needed to uh, needed to burn very very brightly yeah. and intensely, uh, and so he 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 was drawn to he was drawn to that. Um, some some artists are like that, you know, yeah. and. Uh, and they produce they produce a work that we treasure, but they pay for it with their uh, with their health, their their bodily health and their mental health, and uh, and that was that was that was Shane. Um, so you know, I thought you're always surprised. It's always a surprise to hear about someone, even when. Mm-hmm. Even when I hear, oh, uh, something so and so is sick, you know, and then they then they pass, you're still you're still surprised and throws you into that strange, strange sort of place. But uh, it's not that you get used to it, but yeah. it's it, it, there's a regu- there's a regularity of passing that's. That that we accept, and then you know, for a moment or so, you think about yourself, and then denial kicks in, and you move on to you move away from that. Yeah. So um, I think uh, the truth is, I thought more more about Victoria yesterday than I did wow. uh, about uh, about Shane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Paul, you said uh, one of the things you said when Shane and Victoria wrote about that the, when you went backstage at the RDS and um, Shane was there in his wheelchair and you popped in with, with a few minutes to go to be on stage and you said to Victoria and Shane, you obviously hugged them and welcomed them and, and you said to them, would you like a drink? 
and, 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 and Victoria wrote subsequently, Paul Simon, who was about to go on stage in front of, what, 60,000 people, Paul Simon runs off and gets a bottle of white wine and brings it back with two glasses uh, for Victoria and, and Shane, and you had a bottle of water yourself or whatever, um, that they, they were really struck they were really struck by that by that uh, connection. It's it's like something I heard once about um, uh, John Lennon and Paul McCartney when they were growing up in Liverpool and when they first met, they were walking home from school or whatever from band practice, and John, who was as you probably know slightly better off than Paul. John went in and bought a bar of Cadbury's chocolate, we call it here, Hershey's or whatever in the States. And uh, John came out and instead of taking one small piece of the bar of chocolate and giving it to Paul, he broke the, the uh, bar of chocolate in two and handed Paul half of it. And Paul said, I knew then in that gesture that we were going to be very, 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 very close. And that gesture that you made to uh, Victoria and Shane definitely definitely stayed stayed with them in terms of your own uh, connection and friendship uh, with, with with them um paul the, this the, the the i know when you were at the rds you said this will probably be my last time in concert in ireland um is that still the position well when i said that i i, I hadn't and i didn't have my uh uh, I didn't. I didn't have the disability that I have now, which is uh, this hearing loss in, on my on my left side. I, yeah. I don't have any hearing in my left left ear anymore, so uh, I can't. I, I can still play music. I can play guitar and I can write, mm-hmm. and I and I am. And I'm hoping that I can perform the seven psalms yeah. with. Uh, with uh, a couple of guitarists and the percussionists, because the piece is soft. Yeah. But I can't play anything with drums or electric guitar because okay. the sound is so is so big that I can't hear. I can't hear. So if I if I do perform, and I hope that I do. Yeah. I uh, hope that I can. I would I would be doing maybe the seven songs. And maybe if it's possible, songs from my repertoire that could be done with acoustic guitar and acoustic yeah. instruments. And, uh, but um, but I mean, it's something that uh, I don't think too much about it. Although I'm just sort of one step at a time, trying to see how yeah. much I can uh, how much I can take in and still hear well enough to sing. But I don't really make any plans in, into the future because uh, it's uh, yeah, it's a tough it's a yeah. tough subject to deal with. Yeah. Um, so I've no no I've no I've no plans to perform anywhere. Okay. I just have plans to keep rehearsing okay. uh, and expanding expanding what I can hear to see if there's a certain point when when I might be able to perform. And then I, I thought, if I can, and if I can only do it for a half an hour at a time or something like that, then yeah. maybe I'll just perform for a philanthropic yeah. uh, cause and uh, where I could do a ha- half an hour and that would be a fundraiser and 
well, that would be very satisfying to me. But as I say, I, the next step that I do in this in this this world of playing and singing is a rehearsal in the spring with uh, more musicians than I, I. I just I just spent uh, five days rehearsing with four musicians. I'll I'll expand that to okay. eight musicians in the spring for 10 days and see if I can, you know, if I can manage that or, you know, whether your brain gets accustomed to mm-hmm. to the new information and the new way of receiving information and makes some, some kind of adjustment. Anyway, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's not worth talking. It's not worth talking about. If I, if I get to that point where I can do that, I'll, I will very happily perform again. Right. And, and if I can't get there, uh, then I'll, I'll, I accept, I'll accept that and I'll uh, find uh, some other way to uh, express myself, I'm sure. And Paula, you know, I think you know now, Victoria is listening to you and um, is deeply appreciative of hey, you. Hey, hi, hi, Vic. Yeah, we're, we're texting each other. Oh, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And yeah. she's, she's deeply appreciative of your, of your kind words about Shane. Uh, Paul, Martin Hayes is on the other line. Martin, you're, you're old friend. You oh, mentioned oh, it. Oh, how great. Martin, <laughs> Martin, your memories, you? your, your memories of Shane, please. Well, play? I mean, it's, 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 it's like everybody else. It was the huge impression he made, I think, back in those early years with the Pogues, you know, that, uh, that uh, you know, I suppose elevated the, you know, just, I, I suppose, a kind of a, a truth teller in a way, somebody mm-hmm. that kind of, you know, you know, put another dimension on what, what is for me Irish music, you know. So, I, you know, I mean, he was hugely important, of course, and he reached... Far, far beyond those borders of, of Irish music, that's for sure. And I know that Paul was a big fan, and, yeah. and I, I, I remember being in Dublin with, with Paul, and, and I, 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 I believe Shane was at the gig, but we all missed him somehow, and it was very disappointing. I remember. So, yeah. But anyway, I know you've. Right. Yeah. Hi, hi, Martin. Yeah, it was the next day that I went over to to visit him. Ah. Oh, right. Okay, good. That, I, I was gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that I'm glad you finally did. That was good. Yeah. Okay, great. But that was when we that, that's when we play we played together, right? That's, that's right, sir. That's that right. Yeah, that was wonderful. Martin, that was yeah, wonderful. Yeah. I think uh, Martin, you joined Paul on, on, on the, the stage of the Grace when you were doing the, when you were doing the Graceland tour, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, yeah. and yeah. and I think uh, also when 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 you came through with Sting, uh, oh. I, I remember we 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 met up as well. That's and, right. uh, and a few well, other well, yeah. well done, Martin. You're a terrible name dropper. I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I got one of them on the other end of the line here, so yeah, that's good. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> oh well. What did what did, did Shane McGowan had a, had a line? He says, uh, "Name dropping on my head." <laughs> Did you ever hear that? No, yeah, no. he had that. Like it was like a, a play on raindrops keep falling on my ah, head. Yeah. You know, raindrops keep falling on my head. <laughs> that was a quote that I heard last night from uh, from Shemagon. Ah, oh, there's there's yeah. so many when you, which a lot of people are doing, and there's so much brilliant writing, Paul, as well. I was saying this yesterday and Martin about shame because one one of the the sadnesses is that a lot of people, a lot of writers. Uh, Obviously, we're aware that Shane was unwell for a long time, and they uh, they wrote long form pieces to be published. Uh, 
and uh, his passing, unfortunately, and they are extraordinarily well written and extraordinarily insightful. And it, they use they 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 bring people back to not just Shane's melodies, but Shane's uh, lyrics and the connections that he makes. Martin, are you in Ireland or the States at the minute? Where are no, you? No, I'm, I'm, I'm actually in northern Spain just at the ah. moment. And uh, yeah, so I'm I'm just in a taxi as it turns out but, but anyway okay, well, it's great that's, that's, to, to be able to communicate either way you know yeah it's great to talk um, to Paul were you aware Paul was talking earlier I was asking about the because he's held mm-hmm. as you know as you are indeed such affection yeah, here I, in I, Ireland um, yes, he, he said he'd have difficulty he'd have difficulty doing a, a, a non-acoustic uh, set because of his hearing loss on his left side which is which yeah, is a I'd sadness heard, which is I'd a sad about, yeah yeah. yeah. Okay. Hold on one sec. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're paying the taxi, are you? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly what's going on, you know. I'm trying to do it as discreetly as I can. This is <laughs> <laughs> no, no. You better give him a big tip. The world is watching, so to speak. But Brilliant. What, Brilliant. What I did was, I, ju- I just gave a thumbs up, like to whatever he suggested, you know. So, <laughs> okay. so, so we'll see later on what that was. <laughs> okay. And, and Paul, where, Martin is in northern Spain. I'm in Ireland. Where are you, Paul, at the moment? I am sitting in Manhattan and ah. looking across Central Park at uh, I'm looking across okay. uh, Central Park where there's still a bit of color in the trees and ah. some some orange and some orange and gold and green and across the park is the That's buildings good. of Fifth Avenue. And I, I've heard that you're yeah. you're in North Texas also. Did I hear that you're spending time there yeah. too? Uh, That's great. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, my wife Edie is from. Her family is from Texas, and yeah. we have a we have a, a little place uh, in uh, in a small town in Texas that's outside of Austin, and I have oh, my recording studio there. And so oh, Austin, I, I great really to be lo- here. I, yeah. I love yeah. I love to I love to be there. It's, I'm it's just very very yeah. cool. I'm just wrong. Uh, I, I probably mis misremembered this, Paul, but. Um, I recall reading something. I don't know if it's the same apartment when you're looking out at Central Park and you were you were chasing lyrics for a song, and you came up at the moon. The moon was mentioned, and you mentioned the craters. Uh, yeah. You you were transposing the craters onto Central Park. A lovely inspiration. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, there's, that's the uh, that's the same place that I was looking. I thought you were going to take a line from one of my songs called. Uh, uh, Darling Lorraine, where uh, it said, uh, yeah, the, uh, all the trees were drenched with April uh, rain, and the, moon, and the moon in the meadow took Darling Lorraine. Uh, yeah, that's Central Park. This is this is uh, this is my hometown. Although I'm not here that often, not here as much as much as I used to be. Um, again, Paul, with your permission, and Martin, with your permission, if you're safely out of the taxi, if, I have, you, yeah. <laughs> if you're if you're happy that you paid the correct amount plus a fifteen percent tip, uh, Martin, if you could, we really would appreciate, given the reaction we're getting, not just from Shane's family, but from other people as well, to uh, hear Paul 
Simon talk about uh, Shane and indeed talk about Ireland. And by the way, he mentioned you be long be long before you were on air, uh, Martin. Yeah. If you could stay with us, if you have uh, two minutes to um, maybe sure, sure. get a glass of water. And Paul, if you have a couple of minutes, if you're seated, maybe get a, 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 a cup of tea or have a little a little breather. Uh, Joe at RT.ie, 51551 is our text number. Um, we're talking to uh, Paul Simon, who is uh, speaking to us under the a shadow of the passing, the untimely passing of his friend Shane McGowan. Back after this. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. We're talking about the passing of Shane McGowan at 3 a.m. yesterday morning uh, and the reaction we got there, as you know, our full programme yesterday was just full of people reacting uh, and every other news programme on this national station uh, was covering it and every other station and newspaper in the country and, and uh, today we're talking about talking to somebody who is a good friend of Shane and he's explained already how they how they met and that incredible afternoon they had together and the connection that they struck up and that is uh, Paul uh, Simon. Um, Mar- Martin, you when, when did you meet Paul Simon? Because I know you've spoken about Shane, but you said you had a, you had a pinch yourself moment when when Paul... Well, yeah, you do, of course. I, I, I forget now how many years ago. It, it feels like um, 12 or 13 years ago, but I, I was quite surprised when I got a phone call with the, this is Paul Simon on the other end. You tend not to believe that, but okay. uh, anyway... It's always still great to talk to you, by the way, Paul. So, anyway, it's still thanks, Martin. Nice to have that. Thank you. Yeah. Same goes with you. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. At one stage, Martin Paul said he 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 regrets. Now, there's still time, Paul. He has regrets that he that he didn't live in Ireland for, for at some period. When when you were in the UK, when you were in England in sixty three, sixty four, Paul. Um, did you come to Ireland? I know you mentioned Ewan McCall and the reason why Ewan McCall is connected, I meant to point this out earlier, it's Ewan McCall's daughter, Kirsty McCall, who did Fairy Tale of New York with Shane. But when you were, had you, had you been to Ireland or did you visit Ireland in the 60s, Paul, when you were gigging solo? No, I didn't come, I don't think I came there until... Simon and Garfunkel had had our first hit. Yeah, I think that was my first visit. I think that was my first visit. Okay, I think that was around the late 1980s. Something like that. Okay, okay. 67, 66, 67. Okay. We would have played there then. Yeah, I wouldn't. I, I was. Yeah, yeah, wouldn't wouldn't have been. uh, Would you? Do you see yourself? Do you see yourself visiting Ireland soon, Paul? Do you travel much? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, I travel. Uh, ha- you know, um, I haven't traveled, been traveling. Yeah. As much as I as I had been when COVID stopped everybody, mm-hmm. and uh, and during that the hearing problem emerged. So flying is. Yeah. It's not impossible, but it's. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't help. We were. The, the family was going. All the all the kids and Edie and I were. We were just about to go 
to Iceland to try and see the northern lights. Ah. And then Iceland had whatever, 2,000 earthquakes or something. So, uh, No, uh, I haven't been traveling, but, but we do plan to, to uh, go, go to Europe in June. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a long way off, but... Uh, but that would that would be nice. Anyway, it's not. It's uh, since I'm not on any schedule, none of my work is in my head. It doesn't. We can pick up and go. Yeah. Uh, when the when the time is right, or uh, if the invitation is right. So. And how? Po- I'm sure. I'm sure we'll come. We'll come back. Because the the world, as you know, when you say COVID, Paul, it resonates here. It resonates in so many different parts of the world. And the question people are, how, how did you, Paul Simon, how did you manage during COVID? Well, I really got hit with it. I got a very bad case last April. Oh, God. Uh, I, have, uh, I have long-term COVID. I still can't taste things. Oh, God. Uh, but uh, otherwise, I think I'm, my, my energy, all that stuff, that's all fine. Yeah. Uh, but the t- taste issue is, Oh. Yeah, I've been I've been beat up I've been beat up and battered around in the last uh last year and a half. Mm. That's why you asked me earlier, you know, I mean, was I you know, was I shocked on that? You know, I'm just it's uh it's been a hard it's it's been a hard time on the world's health in the last yeah. last couple of years. And it was, was How'd it- you do? I, well, I, I got it twice. I haven't. I've never told. I've never said it publicly on radio. But I got it twice, um, and uh, the, the second time I got it, I got it bad. But anyway, that's that's past me now. Thank God. Um, but a lot of but a lot of people, as you know, a lot of people um, got it, and uh, if, and for a lot of people, I was only talking to this to a medic friend of mine last night. He was talking about the long term effects that people. It's having it's having on people. Did you write seven psalms during the lockdown, as we called it, Paul, of COVID? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I did. And what was? Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it was a good time. To, it was a good time to write to sit and just play an acoustic guitar because we we were isolated anyway. So it was. I mean, the first lockdown were. I don't know if you had it or not, but yeah. when we, the lockdown that we had here, it was actually a pretty good thing for a lot of artists because mm-hmm. things got very calm and you were, yeah. there was, you know, the world seemed to stop and uh, you could go into your own world and, and, and make things. And I, I think there was a lot of art created maybe in the first six months mm-hmm. or nine months or so uh, of the, of the pandemic, uh, and then past that point, it started to, you know, become claustrophobic. Yeah. People mm-hmm. were just were desperate, desperate to to, re- to reconnect. But we we still don't know exactly uh, the damage that were that was yeah. done by it. It's it's um, long. I mean, long term COVID. It's kind of a it's, it's yeah. almost a joke. It's only three years. It's only three years, and we're calling it long term. Yeah. This could well be like a, a lifetime, or yeah. or ten years, or you know. Uh, 
And, and, and it's coming around again, so... Yeah, I you see, know. see that. But, pa- Paul, where did the idea... If it, during COVID, I don't know, I'm, I'm, just, I'm connecting it time-wise, I don't know if there is any other connection, but during COVID, where did the idea for Seven Psalms come from? Well, the idea, as, uh, <coughs> as I've uh, re- re- related several times, yeah. it came... Uh, it came in a dream on January 15th, 2019. Wow. And the dream said, I can't remember whether the dream said you are working on seven psalms or mm-hmm. you are meant to work on a piece called Seven Psalms. And, um, and it, was, it was such a vivid dream that I woke up in the, in the night and I wrote down yeah. Seven Psalms and the date. And, uh, and in the morning, uh, I thought, I wonder what that's about. I said, I, I guess okay. my, first, my first thought was maybe I'll look up the word Psalms, make sure I know what it is. Yes. And uh, so I did. And then I said, I guess I should go to the Bible and look and see what the, what's in the Bible. And so I went there and I said, no, it's, it's not here. I don't know what this is. I'll just, I'll just wait and see. And uh, the the work just gradually built. Uh, first the music and the guitar pieces, and then maybe six or eight months later, yeah. words, also in dreams, quite often started to come. So I, I've, and I've seen I've seen the framed you framed the piece. Yeah. Uh, the bit of paper that you that you wrote seven psalms on when you got up that night, I've seen that photograph. That's incredible. But it, in in many yeah. ways, in in many ways, it's, it almost seems that you were a conduit or a messenger. Um, if the lyrics are coming to you at at different, I know they being being a lyricist, they come to you at different times and different places, and a lot of it is just blood, sweat, and tears, hard work from early in the morning. Um, but do, do you do you think this album, which by the way should remind people, um, it, it's got fantastic reviews. Just to let people know, um, the, the, this album is v- very different to. Though you've always tr- you've always been very open to new paths, as we know, and new ideas and new uh, new forms of creativity in your journey. Um, but uh, Seven Psalms is 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 quite quite different. And as I said earlier, I really would in- encourage people. Uh, to listen to it, have you have you developed, or were you always interested in the Bible, Paul? Or you said you went? No, I wasn't. Yeah. No, I mean, when I no, I wasn't. When I was uh, when I was young, I left that idea pretty. Yeah. Pretty pretty assertively, I didn't. I really didn't want it. Um, and but wh- then, uh, I mean. From, Yes, I, I've read. I mean, I, I think I even had to take a class in the Bible when I was uh, studying it at, uh, at college. Yeah. But no, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not okay. a somebody who could quote, uh, quote yeah, verses same. too. Same, same here. But Paul, um, do you, do you believe in an afterlife? Can I ask you that? Given, given that I've been listening to Seven Psalms for a while now, do you believe in an afterlife? Like as you know, Shane in, in the well, state, in the statement that Shane uh, Shane's Victoria issued yesterday, 
he mentioned Jesus, they mentioned Mary, they mentioned earlier that the priest had given Shane the last rites. So um, if that is his belief, I hope uh, he was with that belief that it, that there is an afterlife. Have you considered that? It's interesting Paul? that that... Well, uh, I'll get to that in one second. Okay. It's interesting that, uh, that Shane... That Shane uh, either believed that or that that's, that's what occurred at the end of his life. Because in some of his interviews, when he was talking, he was... He was very uh, he was very strongly opposed to uh, to the church. He thought the, that the sexual abuse issues were so um, they were so ubiquitous that it taint that it tainted. So I mean, my and this was not a subject that we ever broached. So mm-hmm. I I would have I would have thought that he was somebody who. Uh, was was didn't believe, but yeah. uh, but maybe he you know. Yeah. Anyway, as far as an afterlife goes, uh-huh. uh, I have I had a friend. He's passed. Is he, uh, he was a Tibetan. Uh-huh. He was a Lama. Yeah. And uh, he was. He was a very smart guy. Right. He was a really good teacher. He wasn't my teacher. He was, he was my friend, and uh, but we would have talked uh, about oh, every oh, a wide range of subjects. And when it got to this subject, um, I was talking to him after my mother passed, and uh, um, he said, "Well, he said." I mean, of course, I come from a culture that believes in yeah. reincarnation, so I have no, no problem with it. Uh, he said, but so what I believe is, is that there's a period of usually about three weeks when you're in this dark mm-hmm. place, yeah. and then you emerge into your new, your new life. Right. So this fear, this fear that uh, that you're forever in dark, in darkness and loneliness. He said he doesn't believe in that. And I said, well, uh, I would say that I did believe in that. But but you, having told me what you said, mm-hmm. and my respect for you makes me feel like there's a, entirely a possibility that you're correct and that uh, and that there is some some sort of reincarnation and it's funny uh friends of ours a friend of ours just had uh a grand a grandson born whose name is the Name is the, the the name of his grandfather who passed away, yeah. and they're all saying he's exactly like the grandfather who pa- who passed, passed away. away. Yeah. So uh, there's an inclination to yep. to believe that. Yeah. No, nobody knows. It's a pleasant thought. It's more pleasant than than not. Although, I mean, while we're on this somewhat dark subject. 
Maybe we shouldn't be on this subject. What do you think? Maybe we should hop off this subject. Yeah, we finish. Or, we finish on that. But again, I'm very, I'm very conscious of the the shadow on, upon which we're talking, which is the uh, the passing of Shane. Uh, uh, Paul, your your lyrics to finish, uh, and we're going to finish on Shane's music. You're, you're given that you're in New York, and we could hear the sirens uh, earlier on. Uh, we're going to finish on Fairy Tale of uh, New York, which uh, you mentioned spontaneously earlier uh, with Kirsty McCall, also uh, sadly passed. Uh, a phrase from the last verse in uh, Seven Psalms, your most recent piece. Uh, Life is a meteor, let your eyes roam. Heaven is beautiful, it's almost like home. Children, get ready. It's time to come home. Amen. Paul Simon, it's been a privilege and a pleasure, even in these difficult circumstances, uh, to talk to you. I, I wish you, uh, thank you on behalf of so many people for being the, so far and continuing, uh, the song, the songbook of our lives. Uh, anyone of my generation, indeed other generations, including my own children, who are the exact same age as your Lulu, born in the, within a week of your Lulu in 95, um, they, 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 they are into the music of uh, the genius of uh, Paul Simon. Paul, I wish you, uh, first of all, I want to thank you. Secondly, I wish you many more years of serenity, many more years of creativity, and many more years of being able to form friendships like that friendship you formed with the late Shane McGowan. Paul Simon, thank you so much. That's so nice of you to say. Thank you for thank you for having me. And uh, yeah, thank thanks you. to Shane. I'm sure he's. I'm sure somewhere Shane understands that we all loved him. Okay. Thank you, Paul right. Simon. Good to meet you. Thank my friend. Yeah, see you, Paul. Thanks, Paul Simon. Uh, Martin Hayes. Good to meet you, Mark, of our of our team. And we'll see you soon. Thank you, Paul. Christmas Eve, babe, in the drunk tank, an old man said to me, won't see another one, and then he sang a song, the rare old mountain dew, a turn with Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Joe Duffy! Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Deeply appreciate Paul Simon. Deeply appreciate that uh, Victoria was listening. Uh, but above all, deep, deeply appreciate the life and music and legacy of uh, Shane McGowan. On sound today was Tommy O'Sullivan, broadcast coordinator with Shane Galvin. Uh, uh, producer uh, Siobhan Hogan and um, after the break it's Ray Darcy Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815